Good evening, Patriots. It's Monday, February 8th, 2021, and you are listening to Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Tonight, we'll talk about the assault on our children's sense of wonder and free-spiritedness. All next on Living with Liberty. We must protect our children. The trafficking rings are the things that get the most attention on this topic. But there's many other things that we might not think of protecting our children from, but we need to. We have to protect them from just the absolute silliness we see in our world today. We must protect them from things like shows that don't uh, go along with our ideals or promote some sort of fringe ideology. One other thing I think we don't think of them needing protection from, but as we go along here, it's become a bigger I think issue than than what many realize is protecting them from overzealous teachers unions whose only responsibility is to the members of said union. And as it seems these days, that union's uh, responsibility also uh, entails promoting social justice causes and holding our students uh, hostage, basically, from returning the, to the classroom until those social justice causes are funded. Uh, we, we must also protect them from politically slanted educations and educators, really, where teachers are instructing them on what to think, not how to think. Now, these couple topics might not seem that harmful, certainly not in the realm and uh, you would think of, you know, when you think of the, the trafficking rings, but these do just as much damage. Uh, if you look at it, teachers wield a lot of influence with students. So it's only na- a natural given that they, the students, that is, uh, look up to these teachers and that these teachers, you know, wield an a, a, a inordinate amount of influence with the students. And I think this is especially true with uh, students who come from less than ideal home life situations. These teachers then become more of that uh, parental figure almost by default. Teachers, though, have an obligation to remain objective, in my opinion, and they have an obligation to instruct students in how to be a critical thinking and productive member of society. Their job is not to indoctrinate our children in political ideology. And to be blunt, teachers' unions do not help in the matter, as they have an ideology that they are pushing down amongst the rank-and-file members of the union, the teachers themselves. And in the vast majority of cases, it has absolutely nothing to do with educating kids in the best manner possible. This teachers' union ideology has everything to do with expanding the union's power and influence. Now, don't get me wrong. I certainly appreciate teachers and the hard work they do. And I love teachers. And, you know, growing up had uh, plenty of good teachers, you know, as I went through school. 
And I know even today, there are just a ton of good teachers out there who do put the kids first, who care for the kids, and who are really just disenfranchised with their unions themselves, but in many cases have no choice. They must be part of the union and have the compulsory uh, compulsory dues taken from their, their checks. So, uh, you know, there's there's tons of teachers out there who view the education of our children as really their number one and most utmost importance in, in their career. They sacrifice time, energy, and even their own money to buy classroom supplies to give these kids the best possible education they can. As I said, I have the greatest respect for teachers. I hear stories firsthand as I have friends and family who are teachers. I hear the struggle they face daily, and truthfully, some of it is budgetary within our school systems themselves, but a greater amount has to do with just the broken family unit. It has to do with the lack of engagement from the parents. It has to do with parents wanting to be friends more than parents with these kids. No matter what, there's no amount of money, nor for that matter social justice demands, that will solve all that ails school systems. Also, a big piece lies with the teachers' unions themselves. For all the good uh, teachers out there, let me say this. Your unions do you no favors. They help no one but themselves, the leadership of the union. I don't know that they help you teachers all that much, quite honestly. They do not help the students one bit. And, you know, you teachers out there care so deeply for our kids. And truthfully, that you know, in that respect, our kids deserve protection, both from the impacts of your union bosses and also those overzealous indoctrinating teachers out there who are pushing their own political ideology. Now, getting into a few stories here. We have uh, last week, the Ames, Iowa School District sponsored a Black Lives Matter Week of Action. And that week of action included teaching on transgenderism for kids as young as four. You heard that right. They're teaching kids as young as four transgenderism. This is what I'm talking about when I say we need to protect our kids. From a Federalist piece by Joy Pullman, I will link in the description box, the week included the following, uh, these following points of discussion, and these are as posted on the school district's website. The first one here I have is queer affirming, and the blurb this school district put on this was uh, as follows. We are committed to fostering a queer affirming network when we gather. We do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather, the belief that all the were all in the world are heterosexual unless he or she discloses otherwise. Now, why do we need to even uh, teach our kids to think this way? Why do they need to be exposed to crap like this? The short answer is they don't. This is ridiculous. This is robbing our kids of their innocence. 
It is robbing them of that special view of the world that only children have. The one that is unencumbered by bullcrap like this. Remember, they are teaching kids as young as four this nonsense. Heteronormative? What does that even mean? I'll bet most liberals couldn't even tell you. Why wouldn't we believe that all in the world are heterosexual unless otherwise disclosed? That is, statistically, the vast majority of people. And by vast majority, it's like 99 plus percent. Now, why, from a pure statistics standpoint, wouldn't we assume that most people we would come in contact with on a daily basis are heterosexual? Why, why wouldn't we assume that? No, I'm not going to go around asking people. I'm not going to, you don't, you know, walk up to somebody and the first thing you ask them is, are you heterosexual or are you gay? Well, who, you know, who cares? Uh, honestly, who cares? It, and it's not something I don't think is the first thought you have about anybody when you meet them anyway, unless I guess you're a leftist liberal lunatic. The numbers say we would be correct at a 98, 99% or better clip that our assumption would be right. Again, not the first assumption I'm making when I meet somebody is, you know, which side of the fence are they playing on here? This awful teaching is actually saying the opposite. It's saying that we should assume people are not hetero. It's, assume, it's saying we should assume people are gay unless they tell us they're hetero. Well, again, who cares? Kids know no different unless they are taught this. They have no concept of the ramifications of this teaching. And to me, this is a borderline psychological abuse of our, our, of our children. Now, the next point Pullman makes or brings from the district's website, the Ames, Iowa School District here, it's, is trans-affirming. And the blurb the school district had on this, uh, this topic goes like this. We are committed to embracing and making space for trans siblings to participate and lead. We are committed to being self-reflexive and doing the work required to dismantle the cisgender privilege. Two things here. How can any child decide they are transgender? Teenagers can't even decide what to wear to day to day. They can't decide on a career path even when they're 18, 19, 20 years old. And if you think about younger children, some of them can barely tie their shoes. And you're talking about teaching us to four-year-olds. They can't even tie their shoes, let alone decide one day they aren't what they were born as, whether that be a boy or a girl. This one's on the parents and the dumbass school system feeding these imbecilic ideas to kids. The only way kids have any clue as to what this is is they are fed these moronic ideas. They don't wake up one day and decide these things. They don't wake up one day and ask about these things. They don't all of a sudden possess the mental capacity to think through all the ramifications of this life choice. And yes, I said it, this is a life choice. You're born, you're born a boy and you're choosing to be a girl. It is forced upon them by overzealous woke school systems 
and administrators like the Ames, Iowa School District. Both the school district and everybody that makes up this school district in Ames, Iowa, and the moronic parents are at fault here for teaching this crap to our kids. Now, I'll have more on the makeup of the Ames, Iowa school district in a moment because it is quite interesting. Now, part two of this section here, doing the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege. This is an easy one here. They will continue to brainwash and indoctrinate indoctrinate kids. It's plain and simple. The last point Pullman brings up is black villages. And the district action statement here is straight from the BLM handbook. It reads like this. We are committed to disrupting the Western prescribed nuclear family structure uh, requirement by supporting each other as extended families in villages, in quotes, that collectively care for one another, and especially, in quotes again, our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. Now, who the hell thinks this is a good idea? What parent in Ames, Iowa, school district, or anywhere else this garbage is being taught, read this and said, yes, this is a great idea. Let's destroy our families. My kid needs to attend this immediately. Now, did you catch the missing ingredient here? It stated mothers and parents. Let me say that again. Mothers and parents. No mention of fathers. This is the destroying of the nuclear family. Destroying it is to remove the father from the equation. Why? Because fathers typically bring balance to the family. Fathers balance out the mother's emotional side with the more logical and rational side. So the children get a, a balanced look at both uh, you, you know, emotions and utilizing logic and rationale. Mothers and fathers are essential to the normative growth and worldview of a child. Without a father, boys don't learn how to become a man. Without a relationship with a father, girls don't learn that they are worthy of respect and love, true love, from a man. Families with both parents have a stronger bond and it becomes harder for idiotic, imbecilic ideas like this one, like what the Ames School District is pushing, to gain a foothold with people. Fathers are the protector of the family. Remove them and that family is now easier to influence and influence and pick apart. With the father in the family, it is like that strong herd of wildebeests that even hyenas want no part of messing with. Without the father, the family is now like the sick, weak wildebeest that the hyenas easily separate from the herd for it to pr- uh, for the pack of hyenas to prey upon. Now, as promised, back to the Ames, Iowa uh, city itself and why such a moronic piece of indoctrinational uh, propaganda is front and center in what you would think to be a fairly conservative area. And we're talking about heartland of America here. We're talking Iowa. I think generally speaking, a lot of people first blush would consider Iowa a pretty conservative state. Now, there's a couple of factors here at play in potentially explaining why this type of divisive 
foolish teaching is taking place in a city of 62,000 people, where, by the way, 80% of students are white and only 3% are black. And then you have uh, also some Asian and Mexican uh, descent folks in there as well. Now, uh, kind of uh, first off, Ames, Iowa is home to Iowa State University. And as we know, these universities and the professor, professorial class that uh, run these universities look down on the deplorables and feel obligated to educate them uh, and us. Uh, since they are so much smarter than we are here. We're, we're just this old smelly Walmart shoppers, and we need their guiding hand to uh, become aw- you know, wa- awake to what's going on in the world, apparently. Um, apparently, uh, a lot of these people, I guess if you ask me, a lot of these people are dumber than I am, but and that's just me. Uh, you know, the other piece of the puzzle here, 72% of parents of school-aged children in Ames, Iowa, have college degrees. That's about twice the national average. So you have a double whammy here of a college in town spewing out these ideological untruths and just destructive teachings. And you have your typical guilty white college-educated liberal who uh, you know, thinks they're part of the professorial class and needs to guide us deplorable Walmart shoppers along in life here because we can't, you know, find our, we can't find the broadside of a barn in the middle of the day. Um, So you got a double whammy here in Ames, Iowa, as to why this kind of garbage is taking root in the heartland. And now the most puzzling piece I find in all of this is that 79% of these students have uh, parents who are married. They come from two-parent households. So if that's the case, why then, in, even in that respect, even with college in town, even with a ton of college-educated parents, why is this taking hold? Why are these parents not protecting their children from this garbage? I mean, if you look at it, we know that students with married parents fare better economically and academically in life. There's study after study that proves this. Professional people who are married typically enjoy more success in their careers than those who don't. Again, we have studies that uh, illustrate this out. Then you look at children without both parents. They are more at risk for poverty, physical and sexual abuse, and poor health in general. So why would these parents who, as college graduates, uh, do this to their kids. These parents should understand the impacts of destroying the family, and to sign their kids up for such a a destructive curriculum is just asinine. Now, I guess this is one way to look at it, too, here, as we uh, kind of get to the end of this uh, part of the show. You, You know, I think it's mainly... Uh, because these parents themselves have been through indoctrination facilities that are calling themselves colleges and universities and and places of of higher learning, they've become nothing more than guilt-ridden robots at this point from from that teaching. They've lost all logic and reasoning and rationale, 
and have absolutely no concept of what they are doing to their kids by having them go through this uh, absolute abhorrent uh, program and teaching in, in the school district. These parents are setting themselves up for all kinds of issues in the future by not protecting their kids now from this nonsensical teaching. They are setting their kids up for all kinds of issues in the future by not protecting them right now from this nonsensical teaching. They're setting their kids up for a tough future by not grounding them in good solid principles, life principles right now. By teaching them things they can't possibly understand, they are setting their kids up for issues. By teaching them these things and them not understanding what the ramifications of these teachings are, they are setting their kids up for issues in the future. Whether they are 4 or 14 or 18 at times, they don't understand what all of this means. They are robbing their children of that wonder and carefree nature that kids have. They are setting their kids up for psychological problems later in life. Now, there is some reason for hope here. The Iowa legislature is considering legislation to let parents decide where to take their child's public education dollars, providing a path to break the public education monopoly and giving those who want nothing to do with destructive indoctrinational curriculum like the Ames School District is providing right now, it gives them a chance to find a school that fits their ideals, gives parents that opportunity to try and pair their kids up with a more uh, ideological fit to what they would want them taught. Now, kind of on to the next section here. Teachers need to teach, not indoctrinate. Again, I love teachers. Teachers have the toughest job in the world, uh, bar none, uh, and most are great. I, I don't think I can say that enough in here. I know it sounds like so far I'm being kind of tough on teachers, but really, I appreciate teachers more than anybody knows. Um, but we have to call this stuff out. We have to protect our kids from this stuff. And you know what? Even those te you teachers out there with kids have to be aware of this stuff. I'm sure many of you are, but we need to call it out and, and take care of it. Our kids need to be protected. So teachers need to teach, not indoctrinate. I have a story here out of uh, my home state of Wisconsin, of an Oconto Falls elementary school teacher who was caught on video railing on Trump in front, yes, in front, of his fourth grade class. The teacher's name is Jeffrey Shulo. He is on video in front of his class telling the students that Trump is kind of leaving in shame and not one of my favorite people right now. He goes on in front of his class saying, and I quote, he's got a funny power hungry thing about him. That's just, and I hope you remember, that's very uncharacteristic of a presidential person. Shulo doesn't stop there. He goes on about Trump. He's done a number of things which are unconscionable. And let's hope, I'm hopeful, Shulo says, he will never be president again. Now, why would anyone think?
think this is okay to say in front of a class of fourth graders. Politics doesn't belong in the classroom. Teaching kids how to research and think for themselves is what this teacher should be doing. That's what belongs in a classroom, not pontificating about a president with whom you or he, in this case, uh, Jeffrey Shulo, obviously doesn't agree with. Teach them how to think. Teach our kids how to think, not what to think. Your job as a teacher isn't to indoctrinate them to your political ideas. This sort of thing also leads me to think, would a teacher like this, like Jeffrey Shulo, ever even be able to be objective? What if a kid came into his class with a, mag- a mega hat on? Or what if his parents came in to a conference with him with a Trump shirt or hat or whatever on? Would Shulo look down at that student or parents? Would he be able to grade fairly? Will Shulo get the same treatment as another Wisconsin teacher received when that individual was placed on administrative leave for attending the rally on, uh, in Washington, D.C. on January 6th? Now, by all rights, Shulo should get the same treatment. That teacher that attended the rally brought up the fact that he was attending the rally in front of the class. Now, to me, both situations are the same. Keep the politics out of the classroom. A teacher's job is to remain objective and teach, not indoctrinate. I don't care if it's, if a teacher was in front saying they went to a Trump rally. It's the same. Keep it out of the classroom. Let the kids decide. It's their parents' job to instill the values and uh, life, uh, life views uh, within those kids. And then as the kids get older, it's up to those kids to question and explore their world for themselves and what they actually believe. It's not anyone, uh, any adult's job to tell them what to believe. Keep the politics out of the classroom. Teachers need to remain objective. Personally, to me, what teachers do outside of their job teaching is up to them. I honestly don't care. I don't care if you're a teacher and a Biden supporter. I don't care if you're a teacher and a Trump supporter. I don't care if you go to rallies. What you do on your own time outside of the classroom is up to you. Just don't bring it into the classroom. Don't sit there and opine to the students about your political ideologies. Don't pontificate on your beliefs. Teach the kids. Teachers have an obligation to protect kids as much as the parents do in this regard. That means keeping political opinions and activities to yourself. We have to protect our kids by working to counteract the teachers' unions. Now, again, I'm talking about teachers' unions, and I know, I know, I know, most teachers are fully invested in the success of their students. They have an impact on kids' lives for the positive forever. I still remember a lot of my teachers going back as far as elementary school and the the impact to the positive they had on my life. However, as I mentioned earlier in my opening, the unions are different. They do, you teachers out there, no favors. The union's only goals seem to be a quest for power. Now, I'll tie it up with this, and this is probably one of the few days, few times, mark it down, that I actually agree with Lori Lightfoot down in Chicago, the mayor of Chicago. Now, I'll tie it up with uh, her battle 
against the Chicago Teachers Unions. Now, I think this is indicative of a lot of big city uh, teachers unions. I think uh, the Los Angeles one uh, teachers union comes to mind as well. As uh, I went through this, a lot of the, lot of similarities here between the Chicago Union and the Los Angeles and what they were asking for. Uh, I think it's uh, important uh, in this instance also to get perspective from the other side of the aisle. So this article is from what, uh, as I read through it, amounts to a communist site. It's called socialistalternative.org. I'll link it in the description box. Whether you give it the click or not, it'll be up to you. Uh, the article is titled, Defeat Lightfoot's Reckless School Opening. Educators, Parents, and Students Should Decide. And this article is by Melissa Vozar. And uh, Melissa here is a Chicago Teachers Union member. Now, I didn't say if she was an actual teacher or a union steward or whatever, just some sort of union member there. Now, this article is a read into how much teachers unions and their members, particularly uh, near the top, disregard the impact of their ideologies and actions on the children. It's a read into really what they think, you know, I, uh, you could draw the conclusion that it's really what they think about your children. Now, Bozar starts this article right off the bat, declaring that, under current circumstances, the mayor's plan is not safe, period. Oh, really, Melissa? What circumstances would those be? The numerous studies that have shown kids are not a major source of transmission of the coronavirus of COVID-19? Or is it the circumstances that cases in Illinois, and more specifically, Cook County, where Chicago is located, have been in a steady decline since peaking around Thanksgiving. Last week alone in Cook County, there was a drop of 31% in uh, COVID cases. And that is all according to CDC data. So you can't even pin it on being uh, from a, a right-wing outlet here. Of course, Bozar doesn't elaborate on what those circumstances actually are. She just throws it out there in an emotional plea, saying, oh, the circumstances are uh, that we have, we can't open. We've got circumstances, she says. She doesn't bring any data pointing out what those dangerous circumstances are. She doesn't really point out what is so reckless about the mayor's plan. She doesn't point out any uh, anything at all that would preclude any return to in-person learning for the students of Chicago. Now, part of this appears to be the expectation of eradicating the virus completely before teachers return to in-person instruction. Bozar notes that the Chicago public schools officials have said the vaccination plan unveiled is simply one piece of the mitigation puzzle. Now, to which uh, Bozar sarcastically retorts, as though there are were some other way of protecting people from catching COVID-19. The vaccine ain't it. And, and you, you know, anybody that knows anything about vaccines, they're not 100% effective uh, and guaranteed to protect you either 
Uh, so I don't, <laughs> I, this is just another emotional ploy and plea uh, to get people stirred up here. You know, what, what's not understood or what they don't want to acknowledge or they're just not logically thinking, there's risk. Michelle specifically or Michelle Vozar, there's risk to everything we do in life. Do you, I, I wonder, oh, you know, I'd like to ask Michelle Vozar here, you know, do you not get into a car unless there's a 100% guarantee you won't die in an accident? There's a risk to driving a car. Do you not cross a street uh, unless there's a 100% guarantee you're not going to get hit by a bus? You know, we are a, a year deep into this pandemic now. We have plenty of data and knowledge and treatment options to mitigate effects of a virus that in actuality, many don't ever realize they had, or it ends up being most like a, a bad cold or a flu. Now, where this article by Michelle Vozar goes completely off the rails is when she accuses Lightfoot of weaponizing school reopening to satisfy big business. What is she talking about here? How does reopening schools have anything to do with business? Vozar accuses Lightfoot of prematurely opening up businesses to please major corporations. Now, maybe Michelle Vozar missed the fact that people are leaving these lockdown hellholes and droves, and that businesses are also either leaving town or have been bankrupted and will never open again. Michelle Vozar apparently doesn't understand the basics here, so I'll lay it out for her. Businesses closed means no jobs. No jobs means nobody has tax money to pay for schools. No jobs also means people migrate out of the city to find a job. Uh, people migrating out of the city also means no more tax money and, oh, by the way, no more kids for you to teach, which then circles around uh, in terms of the school funding and the schools close and your union dies. She doesn't think about that. She doesn't think about that this means less members in the Chicago Teachers Union when people are leaving the city in droves. She doesn't think about it means schools will close and now teachers will be out of work. But nut jobs like Michelle Vozar don't think about the causality of their ideology. They just think about the emotion and the now, now, now of what we want. Bozar goes on to accuse Lightfoot's business supporters of gearing up to use reopening as yet another means to try and strike a blow against our unions and public education. Now, this is just an absolutely stupid statement. When have you ever seen a business rail against teachers' unions? When have you ever seen a business come out and say, we got to get rid of those teachers' unions, we got to get rid of public education? You know, any business I would I would think if I'm looking to relocate my business, I'm looking somewhere where they have a good, strong uh, base of of education. Uh, I mean, I don't want a dying, decrepit educational institution. I want to go somewhere where, you, you know, where we have strong teachers, where we have strong schools, because that's going to be the future uh, employees of my business. 
I've never seen a business come out and say they were looking to eliminate teachers unions and public education. Now, of course, old Shelly V here provides no backup to this claim. Other than a Chicago Tribune article, op-ed, really, urging a breakup of the union-dominated public education system. Or put another way, this op-ed says, let's have school choice in Chicago. Well, of course, this is not good for Volzar's union, so this is what she's uh, using to to call big business against is, is destroying our teachers' unions. She really uses this article as a weak argument that big business is trying to break up the union and kill public education. Well, uh, you know, I back in the day, I don't remember anybody's crying about uh, breaking up Ma Bell. I mean, it's all it's all about competition, right? If if the public sector isn't getting the job done, and the the private sector finds a way to do it profitable uh, profitably, they're gonna do it. Now, looking at this Tribune article, it also points out what I said uh, earlier. The uh, middle class are leaving Chicago. We know we've got uh, a lot of migration out of these big city L-holes. And to boot here, it's not just white flight. Since 2010, 256,000 black residents have left Chicago a quarter million black residents. That is the most out of any city in the country, even Detroit. Census data also shows that this migration out consists largely of, and wait for it here, families with children. So guess who is being hurt the most here, Michelle, by your union's refusal to get back in the classroom? It's the very people you claim to want to help, the poorest and most disadvantaged among us. Michelle Vozar states, and I quote, equality and equitable education for all is what our unions and education movements stand for. What a bold-faced lie. If that was the case, if that was the truth, and I'm a big believer, actions speak louder than words. Chicago teachers wouldn't be throwing a hissy fit right now and would be back in the classroom teaching the kids. It's now widely publicized that kids are not doing well with the remote learning. My business mind tells me that there's a quality problem here. Kids are, are there's, they're not getting that quality education from the remote learning. They need to be in the classroom with teachers interacting with kids their own age, they're not learning how to interact with people, another life skill that's going to be lacking from a generation here, because teachers don't want to go back in the classroom. Or more specifically, the teachers' unions don't want the teachers to go back in the classroom. The teachers' unions have no apparent interest in giving kids a quality education in Chicago. If they did, there would be no fights when the school board said, get back in the classroom. Or when Mayor Lightfoot says, the teachers, uh, the teacher union, get your, your members back in the classroom. Our kids need to be protected. 
whether it be from child traffickers or from ideological bombardment from those we've entrusted to educate our children, they need to be protected. We owe it to our kids to let them be carefree and explore their world and their surroundings at their pace, at their leisure, at their mental capacity without forcing fringe ideology on them as if it's the normal way of the world. They need to be protected from that. They need to be able to hold on to their childhood innocence. And doing that is the best gift that we as adults and we as parents can give them. We can do that by choosing not to watch shows or let them watch shows that promote fringe ideology or lifestyle choices. We can do that by standing up to these teachers' unions uh, that are trying to keep them out of the classroom or keep the teachers out of the classroom, which in turn keeps the kids out of the classrooms. We can do that. We can protect our kids by standing up to teachers who are pushing their own political agendas on our kids. We can push for school choice. We can pull our kids out and homeschool them. In places with school choice, we can pull our kids out of the public school monopolies and choose a different school. We can choose to stand up and say, no, we are a strong family, and what you are teaching our kids is counterculture and destructive to their development, and we will not stand for it any longer. The thing is, we will need to stand with conviction against these fringe ideologies being taught to our kids. And it's imperative we do. We must protect our kids. And we can't back down because the left will not back down. They will continue to try and push this garbage teaching towards our kids and try and indoctrinate them. We will have to push back harder than they do. But if we have the discipline to do so, and we have the discipline to stick together as a team, we will win. Because our movement is built on solid foundational principles, not a shifting ideology that only sustains itself by consuming itself. At some point, that ideology will crumble, since it's built on nothing sustainable. For the protection and well-being and health and mental well-being of our children, we must win this fight. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. If you'd be so kind, please leave a positive review if your listening platform allows. Also, please subscribe to my show. It will help us move up the charts and help more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending some time with me today. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my podcast with your friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. Also, I'd be grateful if you subscribe to my podcast and signed up for notifications. It'll help you stay up to date with Living with Liberty. With Parlor Down, I can be found on MeWe by searching Living with Liberty. And I also now have a Telegram channel. The handle there is at Living with Liberty. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.